No, about about 5:30 or so Saturday morning, um, we uh, Matthew and uh, got a rude awakening when uh, no no one came in the church. No one took anything. No one threw a brick through the doors or anything. You think it's someone walking up the road that maybe had a pellet gun or something and just and just shot those uh, those doors out. And um, I hate that, but I tell you what I've learned. Uh, there's a cure for broken glass. It's pretty easy. Uh, but if I could talk to the person who did that, I would tell them there's a cure for broken people too. And that's what we're about here in the heart of this city, uh, changing people's lives by sharing Christ and by making disciples and by serving and by giving hope. And that's really what we want to do. Um, so I wanted you to know uh, what's going on there. Uh, we're ordering the glass tomorrow. It'll be in about five days and we'll get it put right back in. Uh, but I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the quick response we had with, uh, with Matthew and with the police department and everything. Everything's fine. I just wanted you to know what's going on out there when you see that plywood covering it. That's what's going on. Um, the scripture today comes from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 uh, through 35. At that very same hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, yet you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And now I want you to hear some more really good news. Get the nerve up to ask Jenny Sue to be my girlfriend all throughout the, 
the springtime of the year and it got to the last day of school and I thought, I gotta do it today or we'll be out for some, I just couldn't bring myself to do it, I was chicken. So then I was at home and I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm messed up now because I'm not gonna see her all summer long probably and how am I gonna do it? And then I thought, the US mail. And so I got me an envelope and I put my dog tag in there and I did one of those notes, you know, that you do in middle school. Will you be my girlfriend? Check one, yes or no. <laughs> I wasn't real creative. So I put it in there and I mailed it off. And every day I'd run to the mailbox before anybody else could get there because I wanted to see if I got my response, you know. One day I got into the mailbox and there was a letter in there from Jenny Sue. And I felt that the envelope it was lumpy because I could tell it had a dog tag in it. My heart was just soaring. I ripped the envelope open and then my heart sunk because she had mailed my own dog tag back to me. <laughs> no note, no anything. Oh man, broken hearted. Uh, Jenny Sue had a ticket to ride, but she didn't care. <laughs> Have you ever been heartbroken like that? Everybody has at least once in their life. Remember how that felt? It felt kind of like this. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Wow. Jerusalem's got a ticket to ride and she don't care. And Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. And that might sound funny to somebody else, maybe who worships another God. It's like, your God is weeping? And we say, yes. And they say, but isn't your God all-powerful? And we say, yes, our God is mighty to save. Then how come God is brokenhearted? How could that happen? Well, it just goes to the very heart of how God made us from the very beginning. You see, God didn't make us robots. He made us with the ability to choose. You can choose life, you can choose death, you can choose to love God, you can choose to reject God. But see, without that ability to choose, we really could never have a real authentic relationship with God. Because in order to have a true authentic relationship with someone else or with God, you have to have, you have, to have the option to not be in that relationship, you see. And God wouldn't settle for anything other than a real authentic relationship with us. So he lets us choose. And that's what, that's what Jesus weeping over Jerusalem shows just how far God is willing to go to protect that freedom to choose. How far does God take that? He takes it all the way to the cross and beyond. The ability to choose. That's kind of at the heart of the message today. Uh, God's choosing and our choosing. And a couple of things I want to say to, to you about that. One is, every single one of us, every single one of us has a ticket to ride today. And the only question is, do you care? Do you care? Will you use your ticket? Will you walk away? The choice is yours. I can see uh, Jesus standing on a hill looking at Jerusalem with his arms open wide like this. Take a moment and look at our, our resurrection slash ascension window back there in the back with Jesus with his arms open wide. If you can turn around without too much trouble. This is the posture that I see Jesus with his arms open wide like that. And his eyes are sad because of the people who have rejected him. But if you go a few more verses 
before the Jerusalem, Jerusalem verse, you see that before Jesus got sad, he got mad. He got mad. Uh, when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he had been teaching parables and, and, um, and performing miracles. And then we see in verse 31, some Pharisees come up to him and say, get away from here because Herod wants to kill you. Now, we don't really know what's behind that warning. We don't know if they're trying to trick him or trying to help him. But we do know they were trying to tell Jesus where he could and couldn't go. And that's not going to work. That is not, just consider, it's almost too much to believe. Religious people trying to tell Jesus where to go. And here we are 2,000 years later, and sometimes we're still trying to tell Jesus where to go and where not to go. It's like, Jesus, you can't be with that group of people over there. They don't look like us. You can't be with those people over there. They, they're different. Uh, you, 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 you need to stay with us. Either that or we'll say, Jesus, you just need to stay in church where you belong. Don't, we don't want you to come home with us. You, you might not like what we watch on TV. And we don't want you to go to work with us because you might not like how we act there. You just stay in your place, Jesus. That's the same thing the Pharisees are trying to do. Jesus, you go here and you, you do this. And it doesn't work like that. Jesus, Jesus won't be told what to do. We don't thwart God's plans. It doesn't matter who we are. That kind of thing just made Jesus mad. And the reason I think it made him mad is because here's what he said. He told him, you go tell that fox, Herod. You go tell that fox, Herod. I'll be casting out demons today and tomorrow and when I finish my work on the third day. In other words, I don't care if you are Herod. You're not going to thwart the plan of God. You're not going to thwart the plan of God. So did you notice that Jesus compares Herod to a fox and he compares himself to a hen? Okay, the fox is sneaky, the fox is wily and crafty, uh, the fox just wants to feed his own selfish hungers. That's Herod, that's the Roman Empire. But the hen, what does the hen want to do? Gather the chicks underneath her wings to protect them. The fox wants to devour and the hen wants to protect. That's always the way God has been. Psalm 36, 7 says, How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. So if, if, if the earthly powers that be, if, if Herod is, is the fox, and, and if God is the hen, then where are we in all this? Where are, where are we in our, as, as Christians, where are we in this? As the church, where are we in this? We're, we're sort of like uh, the chicks. Does God invite us under the shadow of his wings? But we're also sort of like the mother hen because our posture is supposed to be like this, right? Our posture is supposed to be arms wide open, not to prey on people, but to pray for people. But we have to constantly ask, are we foxy-loxy or are we henny-penny? We need to be henny-penny, right? So this is the heart of the message. It's choice, the choice God has made, the choices that we make. God says, you got a ticket to ride. That's God's choice. And we're the chicks like the mother hen wants to gather and under the shadow of her wings. But do we care? Will we take advantage of that invitation? Something else to think about. Not only are we ticket recipients, we're also ticket ambassadors. Because we are supposed to spread the good news to others that they got a ticket to ride too. They have a ticket to ride. So we can't make them. 
We can't make them take advantage of that invitation. We can't make someone use his or her ticket. Uh, that's not what we mean when we say we make disciples. You can't make somebody care. They're free not to care. And it might make us sad. It might make us want to weep like Jesus wept over Jerusalem. So we can't make somebody use their ticket. That's not, that's not our job, church. And our job is also not to be the ticket master. That's what the Pharisees wanted to do. They wanted, they wanted to be the ticket masters. In other words, they want to say, if you want to come to God, you've got to come through us. You've got to do what we say. You've got, you got to be like us, do the things that we do, and then maybe we'll let you have your ticket. And Jesus challenged, Jesus called them out on this. And they got so mad. They got so mad at Jesus. And listen, they didn't get upset with Jesus for leaving too many people out. They got upset with Jesus for bringing too many people in. See, Jesus offered his wings to people that they didn't think were ticket worthy. And they got upset. But I don't know about you. I'd rather be excluded because of who I include than to be included because of who I exclude. Because the first one puts me in the company of Jesus. And the second one puts me in the company of Pharisees. And I want to sit with Jesus. I want to be like the hen that offers the shelter of the wings. I'm not the ticket master. The church is not the ticket master. Jesus is. Because Jesus purchased the ticket with his own blood. And he is the one who offers to give them out. You've got a ticket to ride. You've got a ticket. It was paid for by Jesus. And church, we're not just the chicks with our... Uh, under the shadow of his wings where the hen with the wings wide open telling other people you've got a ticket to ride too if we're following Jesus this is our posture church, arms open now you might be rejected lots of times you will lots of times you will but we keep that open arm posture so accepting God's ticket to ride is the first and great commandment. That's how we love God with our whole heart, with all of our heart and soul and mind. And then becoming a ticket ambassador is how we follow that second and great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. That's our calling, church. That's, the calling hasn't changed. That is the main thing. If we could only keep the main thing the main thing. Sometimes we let other things become the main thing. This isn't the main thing according to Pastor Sam. This is the main thing according to Jesus. When someone came up to him and said, Jesus, what is the main thing? What's the number one commandment? He said in Matthew 22, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So this is it. This is the main thing. This is what we have to hold on tight to as we go through the ever-changing times and ever-changing society and changes even in our country and in our denomination. Some of these are changes for the better and some of them are not. It's a really big deal, all these changes, but it's not the big deal. It's not the big deal. The big deal has always been and will always be to be a disciple and to make a disciple. To to take that ticket to ride and then to offer it to somebody else. 
So with all these changes going on, we couldn't respond by getting hung up on yesterday. That's what we talked about last week, yesterday. We could time for the good old days before things changed, but we really can't go back there, can we? We can't go back to yesterday. We have to live life forward. So in closing, here's a couple of things to think about as we face this ever-changing world around us. One is this. No group of Pharisees or religious experts gets to tell Jesus where he can and he can't go. Not even us. Not even us. So this is important to remember when we're tempted to say, hey, God couldn't possibly be over there with those folks. Or God, God couldn't possibly be behind some of these changes I'm seeing. We can't be that arrogant, you see. We don't get to tell Jesus where he can go. And the second thing is, no political powers that be, no Herod who is in office now or who will ever be in office can thwart the future and the plan and the purpose of God. The kingdom of God is not in jeopardy. God is still sovereign and God's purposes will still uh, be done no matter what anybody says. And then whatever changes we see, whatever changes we see, and we've seen lots of them, but the call is still the same. The call is still the same to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to use our ticket to ride, and to make a disciple of Jesus Christ, to tell others, to tell others that God's arms are still wide open. They're still wide open. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for your amazing grace. That you purchased that ticket with your own blood and that you offer it to us as a gift. It, it boggles the minds, Lord. And we thank you that your arms are still wide open today, that we can take shelter in the shadow of your wings, that we can find shelter in the rock. We thank you, Lord. Help us to never take that for granted and always, always share the good news with others. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close by singing number 361. That